Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics. It's Thursday, May 11th. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the big political stories we're talking about today. The federal government's plan to increase immigration is being denounced by the Quebec government over fears it will threaten the French language. Not everyone is happy with the new passport that focuses more on nature and less on history. This is the new passport they're so excited about, Mr. Speaker. They erased Vimy Ridge to put in an image of a squirrel eating a nut. The Prime Minister fights back against conservative accusations his party is disrespecting veterans. They wrap themselves in the flags and the symbols anytime they can, but in fact, they nickeled and dimed our veterans, they used them for photo ops, they shut down nine veteran service offices across the country uh, so they could try and save a little money through cuts. The fact is, Mr. Speaker, the Conservatives have always disrespected veterans while they wrap themselves in the imagery. And Maxime Bernier is expected to announce a bid to run in a by-election for a seat in the House of Commons. Joining us is Catherine Levesque, parliamentary reporter for the National Post. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning. So lots to talk about today, as in all days. Now, there's a big brouhaha, I guess I can use that word, uh, in Quebec over the federal government's new like immigration plan. Yesterday in the National Assembly, the Quebec government uh, adopted a motion declaring that Canada's plan to welcome 500,000 permanent immigrants a year by 2025 is incompatible with the protection of French in Quebec. So is this building into a big dispute? Oh, absolutely. But it's it's not new. I mean, it's a dispute that's been going on. And the reason why we're talking about this now, well, it's because of Le Journal of Montréal, um, their weekend edition, because, you know, they did a big thing. They, they had a very provocative title um, on their front page, Le Québec est pris au piège. Mm-hmm. Basically, Quebec is trapped. Mm -hmm. within Canada. That was the implication. And with a series of articles and columns about uh, the Century Initiative, which is not the same thing as the uh, federal immigration targets, by the way, but they, uh, so that newspaper and and basically all the the entire um, media company really focused this past weekend on the Century Initiative, which by the way, aims to increase the population of Canada to 100 million people by the end of the century. So that is something that, you know, you know, again, has already been talked about. That was, you know, co uh, the, the co-founder of this initiative is Dominic Barton, which we know pretty well right. on the Hill mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, who is very close to uh, the Trudeau government. So basically that's where this kind of comes from, where this brouhaha comes from. And, um, you know, Le Journal is is basically making the implication that, you know, with so many immigrants coming uh, to Canada, uh, you know, if we're to follow that century initiative, which, by the way, is not the goal of the uh, federal government, uh, Quebec could be marginalized and the French language could disappear uh, in the long term. So that was kind of the, the premise uh, coming into this week. Um, so. The federal government, of course, unveiled its immigration plan. That was last fall. Uh, but, you know, 500 immigrants uh, per year by 2025. 500,000, right? 500,000, uh, 500, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. I blame the early morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 500,000. Um, but yeah, so already, I mean, Quebec was not very happy with that because, you know, Francois Legault promised that he would, you know, be 
open to welcoming about 50,000 uh, immigrants in the province uh, per year. And, you know, if you do simple math, I mean, that would just that's simply not enough, you know, if we're to meet the the federal targets. Um, so François Legault is set to kind of revise those, uh, you know, those targets in the next coming days. Uh, but still, I mean, you know, he is under pressure to ha- to welcome more people into Quebec if he doesn't want, you know, Quebec to uh, to lose basically a lot more ground compared to other provinces that are ready to, uh, you know, to, to have as many immigrants as possible to, to help with the economy. So uh, again, this is this has been an ongoing battle for a while. It was just, you know, came again in the news because of uh, the Journal of Montréal. So, I mean, François Legault says he wants to take in 50,000 immigrants. What does Ottawa want François Legault to take in? Do they, does Ottawa have a number? Um, so Ottawa doesn't have a number, basically. The but Ottawa's stance is that look, you know, Quebec will have no choice but to take in more immigrants, you know, simply because uh, it, Quebec needs them. You know, Quebec has a lot of labor shortages all across the province. I mean, it is a problem. And uh, but at the same time, I mean, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has been very careful in not you know, giving a specific mm-hmm, number. Mm-hmm. Um, now, actually, in a in year-end interview, um, just this last year, uh, you know, the, the Canadian press um, actually asked him, well, look, I mean, technically, if you, if you do the math, I mean, 500,000 per year, the wall go back if it wants to maintain, you know, the, the same level of people uh, within the Federation. I mean, they'll have to, you know, bring in, a hundred and twelve thousand per mm-hmm. year, which is a lot mm-hmm. more than what Mr. Legault wants. Mm-hmm. And you know, basically, Justin Trudeau went on to say, "Well, that that's entirely possible. I mean, you know, I think Quebec has the capacity to uh, have uh, you know that many people." But then he was forced to backtrack and say that you know he wasn't suggesting a number. He was just saying that you know, in his view, he he thinks Quebec can just welcome a lot more Im- immigrants, and that's also what the business community is asking. Um, but of course, you know. This this debate is just ongoing. It's you know going on in the House of Commons now between Blanchette, mm-hmm. uh, the the Bloc Québécois, and uh, Justin Trudeau once again. But it's it's been a recurring theme, and to be quite honest, I think it's uh, you know the, the the Premier of Quebec is quite happy that this issue is resurfing once again because he's been having a rough uh, couple of weeks. But it's all about the French language, right? I mean, yesterday goes go, yeah. Well, I guess it's about making sure you bring in workers you you can use but my understanding is um quebec brings in like you say a lot of temporary workers i think the figure i heard yesterday was about three hundred thousand uh to fill different jobs but yesterday legault was saying it's important to protect french in the future to make sure that newcomers speak french because there's always an incentive for people in quebec to learn english um so isn't one of the requirements that they really want to push is that you have to be able to speak speak French or learn it or forget it, just leave, right? I mean, it's oh, all absolutely. about maintaining French, right? Yes, yes. I mean that that's been you know the uh, the CAQ's entire motto. I mean, ever since they they came to power, mm-hmm. and you know even their minister of economy even went a, a little bit further and said, well, look, if immigrants don't learn French, I mean they're free it's- to leave and. Pierre Fitzgibbon. Yes, you know, he's a very uh, pro-economy focused um, businessman. And uh, yeah, you know, so so that's their entire motto. I mean, they they want 
economic immigrants to speak only French. Uh, they want, you know, and because, you know, the decline of French um, in their view is very real and will just, you know, get worse and worse mm-hmm. in the next coming uh, year. So, of course, you know, but at, at the same time, I mean, look, it's, you know, it, it is a pressing issue. I mean, François Legault at one, you know, on one side is trying to present this, uh, you know, baby born populist view, um, you know, and and kind of for, for some people, which could be seen as anti-immigration, but at the same time, I mean, you know, he's very, he's versing into identity politics here. Um, but at the same time, I mean, he is full aware of all the pressures of uh, the the economy. And, you know, the fact that in the end, I mean, uh, 50,000 won't do it every year. He'll have mm-hmm. to just welcome a lot more immigrants. Yeah, well, between the the low birth rate, obviously, Quebec's got a low birth rate, so does most of Canada. And, you know, you can understand the concern, right? I mean, there's 38 million people in Canada, but Quebec is the province where people speak French, right? The most French, surrounded by North America, which is predominantly Anglophone. So it's a French, tiny little French bastion in a sea of Anglophones. So it, it must be a difficult balancing act to bring in people that are going to speak French and you need the people. So how do you do all that? Right. You know, the, the argument that um, François Legault has been pushing is, you know, he wants all the powers in immigration basically Mm -hmm. to ensure that, you know, people coming into the province speak only speak French. But the reality Mm -hmm. is that, you know, Quebec is already responsible for most of its immigration um, as per, you know, of his economic immigration. So mm-hmm. he has full control of that. He, you know, he can always, he can already decide that that will be the case. Um, you know, the federal government is simply responsible for, you know, refugees and, you know, mm-hmm. um, parent reunification. So, you know, the federal is not going to let Quebec take care of that. That is simply not going to happen from what I understand. So um, again, I mean, this for for Lego, obviously, yes, he doesn't want. He's already said he doesn't want Quebec to become Louisiana, basically, and you know, exactly, to and become lose, a tiny, and lose your French, exactly. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Which you know is is absolutely understandable. Yeah. I mean, coming from mm-hmm. Quebec and you know being very attached to uh, to to French, uh, but uh, yeah, at the same time, I mean, you know, by maintaining this discourse on immigration, maybe a lot of immigrants will simply just decide to either leave Quebec or, or go, um, you know, in another yeah, province where right. maybe they feel a bit more welcome. Exactly. So that's that's the balancing act he's got to sort out. Um, OK, very interesting. Now, yesterday, the government unveiled its new passport. And tell me, how do you manage to tick off veterans and Terry Fox supporters, which would be probably 38 million Canadians all in one day? Oh, goodness. And, you know, after that, I mean, the Minister Karina Gould said journalists were were making a story up and you know making this into a big thing. Look, well, tell that to the Legion, right? Yes. I mean, right. They, you know, they were the mayor of uh, Coquitlam, where Terry Fox is from. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who, who seems to be close to the conservatives. But anyways, um, look, I mean, you know, basically the inside of the new passport is is just stripped from any historic references and, and figures. And uh, yes, I mean, it managed to uh, piss a lot of people. As you, as Are we allowed said. to say that word? Yeah. Okay. I, will, I don't I know. Keep you um, out. Okay. Well, go for it. Go for it. And there it must be a French translation. Go make a it. lot of people very, very angry. Exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, in, instead of all that, we, we have generic images basically in the new passports such as polar bears birds a sugar shack 
man jumping in the lake. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, that this really fits into, uh, well, a political narrative that, you know, basically the liberals don't really care about history, that they're kind of, you know, stripping um, Canada from its historical figures. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, uh, yeah, they, they didn't, you know, their, their argument is that this well, basically, Canada has no choice but to change uh, the, the entire, uh, you know, passport every few years, you know, for for security purposes, because, you know, we don't want people to counterfeit and, uh, you know, to be, be able to copy the passport, you know, either criminal organizations or whatnot. So um, that was their argument. But yes, at the same time, I mean, look, even though they consulted, you know, they consulted a bunch of stakeholders. For 10 years, apparently. Departments. And someone uh, said, take Vimy out and put a squirrel in eating a nut. If someone said that. <laughs> That'll go over well. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, it's it's not because this, this idea is coming from, you know, consultations. That's it. It's necessarily a good idea. Um, you know, rumor has it that Jason Kenney at the time when, when the conservatives were actually changing uh, the passport, I think it was in 2013, um, you know, like basically was about the, the same debate, you know, do, do we put maybe more generic images? And uh, Kenny said, no, <laughs> so no, we're, we're going to go ahead with, you know, more historical um, uh, figures and, and, you know, basically the passport we, we have today. So um, look, th this is, you know, ultimately, this is a decision from the government, you know, to um, put some more generic is images. Is it too late? And, like, can they backtrack? Or is this thing going to be, is all printed up or what? It, it's all printed up. I mean, my oh understanding my is that this is going to go ahead, you know, unless there's, you know, major change. Uh, but as as of right now, I mean, uh, Karina Gold said that, uh, so people applying for their passport right now will probably have the current passport because right. they want to, you know, go through all, all the stocks uh, that they have at the moment. Uh, but afterwards, I mean, it's the new passport in, in the couple of months that will be issued. Well, uh, when they to say Canadians. it's all about security and you have to change the pictures because the other ones are too, are easy to, um, you know, to duplicate or whatever in a fraudulent way. That sounds like hocus pocus. Like, seriously, why couldn't you just put a new one of Vimian, you know? Anyway, like every country has squirrels eating nuts, unless I'm wrong. Like <laughs> the Canadians at Vimy, um, you know, that is very symbolic of Canada becoming a, its own country and stuff. You can find oh, squirrels absolutely. eating nuts anywhere. Like wouldn't someone in a meeting say, I don't know about the squirrels eating nuts. Probably not a good plan. <laughs> I mean, you know, I personally, I, I kind of. You know, I, I didn't see the entire passport. Obviously, yeah. my, my colleague Christopher Nardi was at the announcement. But um, from from what I saw for, from the images, I mean, it looks like during the announcement, they didn't they did not show the images that were, you know, the most interesting, frankly. <laughs> We saw the squirrel eating a nut, but you know there <laughs> are pictures of narwhals and you know, mm. uh, you know, indigenous peoples, and you know, sure. which, well, you which can, actually look great. Uh, no, you can have all that, but keep some of the we historic, saw the worst, mm -hmm. you know, landmarks that we have, right? And anyway, uh, you know, I'm yeah, I'm just very curious to see if they can roll back time. If not, well, I guess everybody will get over it. But ticking off veterans and Terry Fox lovers in one day—that's quite quite the feat I, I mean you know I yes absolutely I think you know a, a lot of people are angry just because everyone has a passport right this affects mm -hmm. everyone um mm -hmm. in in the country 
Um, but at the same time, I mean, look, it took them so long to come to that result. I don't see a possibility in which, you know, they would just turn around and put Vimy back into the passport. Well, you know, when they should just... have asked us, we could have figured it out in four seconds. <laughs> we, we could have, you know, told them what to do. do. <laughs> okay, let's move on to uh, another kind of political development that's going to happen this week. And that's, we understand that Maxime Bernier, the head of the People's Party, is jumping into back into federal, well, he's in federal politics, he's a federal party, I guess, but <clears throat> he wants to get back into the House of Commons. So tell me, which seat is he planning to run in and what will this do to Pierre Poilievre? Okay, so he will be announcing tomorrow that he's running in Portage Lisker in Manitoba, which is, uh, well, Candace Bergen's writing. So um, why this writing in particular? Well, first of all, because Maxime Bernier, you know, realized that he can't win in Beauce anymore in Quebec because mm -hmm. he's, um, you know, not... Uh, let, let's just say that, you know, people aren't willing to to vote for him anymore uh, since he left the Conservatives. Um, and at the same time, I mean, Portage Lisker is actually one of the writings in the country that has the that had the strongest support for the his well, his party, uh, the PPC uh, in the last election. So I looked at the numbers and, you know, it, it won about 22 percent of the vote in, in 2021. Candace Bergen still won by a landslide. I mean, you know, she was a, sure. a longstanding MP. She just recently stepped down. She still won with 53 percent of the vote at, at that time, but mm -hmm. she left. Mm -hmm. And, you know, actually one of her uh, former staffers, her former campaign director, rather, um, Brandon Leslie, is running to replace her. So, you know, Max and Bernie thinks that he, he's he got a chance, you know, he's got a shot at this. And uh, I mean, he's the leader of the party. So, you know, he'll get a lot more attention and, mm. you know, he'll put... He will. The, <laughs> yes. Oh, well, already, I mean, you know, he just announced that, you know, he will be having an announcement tomorrow and everyone's kind of jumping on this, you know, understandably so. Uh, but yes, I mean, th this will be a challenge for Pierre Poilievre because um, basically, you know, Poilievre's strategy ever since, uh, well, his leadership campaign, quite frankly, is to try to erase the People's Party of Canada, just to make it disappear, mm -hmm. make it irrelevant. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he's pretty much managed to succeed in that, uh, meaning that, you know, we don't talk about the, well, uh, until yesterday, we weren't really talking about the PPC all that much. Uh, but at the same time, you know, this big showdown between uh, Brandon Leslie and Maxim Bernier is going to be very, very interesting. Basically, it's going to be, you know, who can be a bit more populist? And, you know, who will well, be that's more going to be very, very interesting mandate. because, yeah, because Maxim Bernier, obviously, uh, getting a, a profile again, he's going to be pushing Poiliev further to the right, you know, yes, because his exactly. base, Bernier's base is uh, people anti that are anti-vaccine, anti um, you know, and, you know, who had a hard time in the pandemic and, and they all glommed on to him. He's pro oil anti immigration or only certain kinds of immigrants. So that's, that's, and he's going to have a megaphone right in that um, by-election. So that'll be interesting to see what Pierre Poliev has to do. Right. To Yes. And, you know, and, and to that point, I mean, in, in this by-election, which I think, you know, will be followed quite a bit, um, you know, what is Pierre Poliev going to do? And especially, you know, is that going to have an effect on more moderate conservatives? Um, you know, is he going to say things or do things that, you know, might push some 
more center conservatives away. And to that effect, oh, it's actually yes. interesting because yeah, remember Rick Peterson? Yes. Well, you know, yes. he formed an organization and yep. uh, called now Center Ice Canadians. Yeah. Yep. And he's considering maybe forming a party. So, <laughs> well, this is, this is the funny thing, right? Because if you're a moderate conservative and you don't like what's happening with Pierre Polyev's party, especially with Maxime Bernier on the scene, where are you going to go? Like, you don't want to go to the liberals because you think they're too far left. So Rick Peterson may just be tapping into what even Jean Christian calls the radical center, right? I mean, pretty much. And, and you know, I thought it was kind of interesting to see that, you know, Pierre Poiliev, um is is having some pressure, I mean, coming from the far right, but also from the center. And, you know, he's kind of being squished in, in that spectrum. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, this this by-election, I think, will mean a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in, in the case that Maxime Bernier loses, um, you know, what what is the future of the People's Party of Canada? I mean, if he wasn't able to get a seat there, yeah, you know, that, that's is, is the party going to disappear? That's going to be the great question. We don't um, have a but, date you know, for that by-election, do we? I don't think. No, we, we don't. Right, right. Um, we don't yet. Well, listen, Ka- yes, Catherine, I think uh, I've just looked at the time. I, I think we probably spent too much time oh. on the squirrel and the nut. But <laughs> but anyway, obviously, we, we will be watching the whole Maxine Bernie show because wherever Maxine Bernie is, things happen. Let's face it. Yes. Right. Right. Oh, absolutely. Well, thanks for joining me this morning. So that was Catherine Lebesque, who is with the National Post here on Parliament Hill. We decided that we needed to move forward in a responsible way to send a very clear message that we will not accept foreign interference. Now, let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators and editorialists are saying today. In the Globe and Mail, Guy Saint-Jacques argues diplomatic expulsions could provide a welcome reset of Canada's relationship with China. He writes, the expulsion of Chinese diplomat Zhao Wei, followed by the removal of Canadian consul Jennifer Lin Lalonde in Shanghai, signals a growing deterioration in the relationship between Canada and China. But while we are going through tumultuous times, it may also serve as a new beginning with China, one where Canada can better protect its interests and values, as well as its citizens from foreign interference. Now that Canada has finally indicated it is ready to take action, efforts should be made to try to restore dialogue with China. As Leonard Cohen once said, there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Let's hope the Chinese regime will see the light. In the Hamilton Spectator, Robert Yates argues the climate of unchanged thinking threatens our future. He writes, the enormous climate problem we face requires a fundamental change in our thinking. We have been bamboozled into believing the most important aspects of our life together is an ever-growing economy. Business-oriented politicians insist the economy must grow. They say we must be more competitive. They offer to strengthen the middle class. But what we need is a reduced, equitable, and stable economy, not growth based on excessive corporate profits. We need cooperation, not competition. We want a classless society, not a stronger middle class. And we must stop ignoring what we know to be true, that our existence depends on a healthy and life-sustaining natural world. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will host a working lunch with the President of Moldova, Maya Sandu. 
He will be joined by the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Melanie Jolie, and the Minister of National Defense, Anita Anand. Later, the Prime Minister will attend the official portrait unveiling ceremony for the Speaker of the Senate of Canada, the Honourable George Fury. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will attend the G7 Finance Ministers and Central Bank Governors Meeting in Nagata, Japan. She will also hold bilateral meetings with G7 partners throughout the day. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will speak with the media before speaking at the pro-choice rally in Ottawa. He will also take part in question period. Le Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet will speak with the media about his party's Opposition Day motion. Green Party leader Elizabeth May will speak in Ottawa about addressing methane emissions reductions. Defence Minister Anita Anand will speak with the media after a virtual briefing on efforts to address issues of sexual misconduct within the armed forces. Government officials, including Emergency Preparedness Minister Bill Blair, will host a media technical briefing related to the national risk profile. International Trade Minister Mary Ng will host a virtual media availability following a visit from India's Minister of Commerce and Industry, Consumer Affairs, and Food and Public Distribution and Textiles. Minister of Sport Pascal Saint-Ange will announce new measures to improve accountability and encourage sustainable culture change in sport. And Governor General Mary Simon will meet at Rideau Hall with the President of the Republic of Moldova. She will also give the keynote address at the Canadian Bar Association's Aboriginal Law Conference. That's CPAC Today in Politics for Thursday, May 11th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.